When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Brian Reisman. Welcome to Side Jams, a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. I'd like to thank Pantheon sponsor AKG for their support of this podcast. If you like what you hear, please dive into other episodes and subscribe to keep up with the latest ones. Since 2017, Austrian industrial metal duo Q-Stack have been combining the shredding guitar of Bernd Brotträger with the driving electronic sounds of Martin Hames and their varied vocal styles. Their song Awake has already racked up over a million plays on Spotify and YouTube, and their recent collaboration with David Hasselhoff on the anthem Through the Night has garnered them international recognition. Both members of Q-Stack are heavily invested in technology, which we chatted about for episode 33 of SciJams. On our group Zoom call together, Bernd discussed his experiences as a video editor and graphic designer, while Martin spoke about his work as a lighting and video designer for various concert tours, including David Hasselhoff and Machine Head. Their skill sets helped them to meet and have allowed them to keep greater control of the various media components involved with their band. Bernd also revealed that at one point, he wanted to be a tattoo artist. They were certainly very down-to-earth and engaging as we dived into this transatlantic conversation. Spoken with David, and now we're going to chat with QStack, the Austrian duo. Martin, you've been doing lighting and visual effects. I mean, obviously, the pandemic has changed that for a while, and Burns, you've been playing guitar for a long time. Yeah. And shredding, and uh, you have the Mandalorian theme up on your YouTube channel, along with the 10 levels of shred. Awesome. Thanks for checking it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fun. And so, you guys have been doing music for it. It's been a, you've had a, a couple releases out here now. Yes, exactly. Like, we started in 2017, and it started as a two-man project, and the initial idea was, let's make a band. And we figured out less people, it's more flexibility, and then we wanted to make a three-guy project, and we ended up just doing it by ourselves, like Bernd and me. And it's, yeah, yeah. it's awesome. Sometimes it's still too many people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, Bernd plays enough notes for three people, so yeah. that's fine. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, yeah, it's accurate. <laughs> Absolutely. How did you guys first meet? Um, it's a really romantic story, Martin. Tell the romantic story. <laughs> the romantic bromance story. Is it? <laughs> Bernd, you you want to talk about your Austrian project, though? You want to talk about it, or? Yeah, well, the weird, the really weird thing, I guess, about me outside of metal is that I play for an Austrian band that is really famous in Austria and just in Austria. Really? Yeah, because the dialect and the way they talk and write songs, I think people in Germany don't even understand it. So it's just. An Austrian thing and yeah I met Martin because he does the light design. Martin did you lighting design for Burns Austrian group? Uh exactly yeah there's they were like what's their name by the way? Seiler and Speer. It's the second names of the two main characters of this uh they started doing comedy as two guys but then they're starting starting doing music and it's it just exploded in Austria and they have a great band and Burned is uh, playing in this band and I would say like one of the three biggest acts in Austria at the moment. And I'm doing the production for this whole thing. And it's really just huge in Austria and maybe Southern uh, Germany and Switzerland a bit like German speaking uh, production. Yeah. And that's actually my only uh, customer in Austria. And 
I'm doing this for like 15 years and I'm doing, I'm working for these guys since four years. So I didn't really do any stuff in Austria before that. I'm from Vienna, but all of my uh, bands and customers are from all over the world, but nobody was from Austria. <laughs> Not a lot of good bands here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So what's the music like in this group, Bernd? I'm, I'm suspecting it's not metal. No, <laughs> it's, it's pop music, but it's actually kind of cool. I think it's a bit disturbing if you're really into rock and metal and you, you listen to the band, you would think, why, why would I play in it? But um, it's actually all about the lyrics. It's kind of funny, but it's also a bit deep. I think it doesn't make sense to listen to it without like, understanding the lyrics at all. I think that's the main thing about this band. I'd love to hear your opinion, Brian, if you would check it out after the podcast. Yeah, I'll check it out. I've been checking out your shred stuff. Yeah. So now I have to go you back. And, and... Brian, you mentioned the Simpsons initially with Grandpa Simpson. And I would compare, <laughs> like I once I, I, yeah. once I read the Wikipedia article about the Simpsons, which is amazing. And there is a really good explanation why the Simpsons are funny to so many different kind of people uh -huh. because the humor of the Simpsons is understandable on so many levels. Like, and I would compare it to this band because the lyrics, if you, if you really dig into them, they're like, they have so much meaning and they're just amazing, but they also work on a kind of, Oh, we're going to party and have some fun level uh -huh. and it's still good. So I think that's the main reason why this uh, Austrian band is so successful because everybody can, can really get hmm. something out of it. That's how I would explain it. <laughs> But I assume it's, if you watch it, you won't, you won't get it at all because it's really a really Austrian thing. So It's funny how a lot of American stuff can get exported to the rest of the world, but then some stuff just does not fly over here. I mean, now we have all the K-pop and J-pop stuff starting to happen, but it's boy band stuff. So that mm -hmm. has more of a universal appeal. Whereas like some of the I, really crazy Japanese rock music, the J-rock stuff, you know, that was big in the 80s and 90s and stuff like that doesn't translate as easily. It should, but it doesn't seem to. Yeah, I mean, we, we my company worked for a, a K-pop group, Atiz, mm -hmm. uh, last year. And I didn't know anything. Basically, the, the management of this, of this group came to me because of the Q-Stack video. They saw the, 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 our first music video with all the lights and all the, the big production we had in the video. Yeah. And then they were like, oh, we need somebody who does that in Europe. And that was the first time I heard about K-pop at all. And they came here and the, the venues were packed with little girls that all looked like anime figures. <laughs> <laughs> I never seen, I've never heard about K-pop before that in my life. And I was blown away by, oh my God, that's such a huge, such a high level of, of a professional production. It was like, wow, it's, that was impressive. And they're not that big in Europe yet, but they started a tour and it was sold out immediately. So I was very impressed by that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really interesting. About 15 years ago, I remember I was in Germany and there was a whole medieval metal thing going on there. And then at the same time, <laughs> I found out about how like, Yoshiki and X Japan and all these groups had some popularity in Germany as well. The region of the world you're in is rather fascinating. It's very different. But I yes. feel like in Europe, you guys respect people getting older a bit more. Like I'm watching these David Hasselhoff <laughs> live performances from a couple of years ago, like 30 years of freedom. And like the production value is you have there with the lighting and the, and the video and everything is great. And he's got this band where it has guys like Burnt who don't look like they'd be in David Hasselhoff's band. And it's like, he has like these metal guitarists on stage. Yeah. It's rather fascinating. And then he has these backup singers that look like they'd be in a pop band. And you're like, this is surreal. That's funny, That's funny that you mentioned it. Yeah, because it's always, 
I, I did. I don't know if you if you know that I did the production for these uh, for the David Hasselhoff um, shows. These yeah, tours. yeah, you know, I found that through yeah. your site. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And it was really funny because it was so this this whole touring with David. It was so such a new experience for me because when you uh, when you work for a band, they usually have their like egos and they they tell you what they want to have. I want this. I want that. And you always have to talk them out of it if it doesn't make sense somehow. But with David, it was the yeah. first time from the first second he was like, OK, Martin, what do I do? And I was like, you asking that me? like the very first day and sound check like the practice day so he went on stage okay martin what do i do and i didn't even have a microphone to talk to him because i'm not a director i'm a lighting designer and i never <laughs> talk like to the singer or somebody and he i was like okay i need a microphone like what do you mean like what do i do i was like you're david hasloff i will tell you what to do but he was so like into having a director giving him directions what to do like he's used to it on movie sets. Like, okay, yeah. he, I'm here for to do a job. Tell me what to do. Well, he also trusted so just, you, obviously. Yeah, it was a big honor, but I was like, okay, is this really happening? And I just started giving him like fake advice. Like, okay, just um, come outside, come from the left side and go to the middle <laughs> and then walk up the stairs. I don't know. But we got into it and it it's it started to be more and more funny each day. Like, like <laughs> we we're joking around and I was getting into it. So I was... I was making fun of him and he was, he was laughing about it. One day I had this led wall and I had uh, the three red lights from kit when he was talking inside this, the scanner. I don't know how he, yeah, 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 the car. Yeah. And I made a, I made a button like it's doing this, this blinking thing. And always when he was talking, I just pressed the button. So you had this like kit was talking, but <sighs> he didn't know it because he was facing the audience. I mean, it was at sound check, but more and more people are like hey look at the led wall and then he finally got it like oh my god what are you doing <laughs> so it was like this all the time and it was really funny <laughs> it was a very new experience being so involved in the sound check and all that so that was really funny well it's interesting too because i mean you guys both are heavily involved in technology which i imagine helps you with your videos for your group absolutely, yeah. absolutely. i mean burnt you obviously you on top of all the, the lessons you're giving online i mean you've talked about video editing and graphic design so when did you start getting into those things and was it the same time as music was it before was it after it was exactly the same time because of i guess the reason why most guys that play in bands get into graphic design is because you can't afford a graphic designer <laughs> Touche. yeah and you still want your album covers and your graphics and your logos and all of that stuff so that was the reason for me why i wanted to get into it and then I think 10 years ago, I started my YouTube channel that uh, I think I started uploading frequently at the beginning of this year. So I waited for quite a long time, okay. but I had a bit of experience with uh, video editing. And I think YouTube right now is the thing where all of that stuff comes together. Like it's graphic design with the thumbnails and the graphics and the videos and yeah. graphics on the guitar and all that stuff. The video editing, the music, of course, the recording, the mixing, the mastering for the thread videos especially. So that's kind of my world. And of course it also benefits the music videos because at the beginning when we were starting out making music videos for this project, we were kind of outsourcing the color correction. We were talking to different people about the editing of the videos yeah. and it never turned out like we wanted it to. So that's the reason why we started doing all of it by ourselves. And it works pretty, pretty good. I mean, for the through the night video, I think we, I don't want to know how long it 
to, <laughs> to get to the final edit for that one. Yeah. Let's one and see. a half years, I think it was, it was crazy. Really? Yeah. So this song is, is actually, it's not, it's not completely new. It's new, but it's like, it took you a little while to put this together. Well, until the recording with David, I think we had like one year before that when we, when Bernd, Bernd wrote the song, but he wrote four other songs for that with lyrics that we sent to David, like, which one do you want? That was before we knew, okay, he needs to have one direction. Like, this is the one we want to do. Like, We always gave him options, but later we found out it's not good giving you too many options. Just give him the song that we want to do and he's fine with it, which is amazing if you know that he works like this, but it's hard if you want to give him options because you are trying to be nice. So it was a long time until we finally decided which song and when we're going to record it. So it yeah. was like almost a year before the recording, which took place in April 2018. I think last oh, 19, 19, 19, 19, yeah. Yeah, and then we started editing and yeah, it, it took until two months ago, I guess. Is that because you guys had other projects going on? <laughs> yes, but also because it was just so much work. It, we, we, couldn't really, uh, we couldn't really get a real uh, story or a plan or like a storybook for the video shoot because we didn't even know if it's going to happen because David, it's really hard to get David to decide when we're going to do it what we're going to do it was basically okay he's going to be here next week yeah we have to set up everything and we don't even know what's going to happen so we we just filmed as much as we could like with with 10 different settings yeah with led walls and lights and just black background and the chair and we figured okay we just film as much as we can and we do everything later in post pro so that was a, <laughs> yeah. a lifetime project i guess because We had so many ideas and then we had so many sets that we later threw away because now it didn't work in the final uh, edit. So it took, it took forever. And we had a huge video team on set and basically it was just there, I would say in retrospect, it was just there to impress him, to give him the impression <laughs> that we know what we were doing. Because, now he's going to find out. <laughs> no, because, because, uh, because we... We could have literally just filmed it with one camera, with a small camera, because everything was done in post-pro, even the colors. We changed the colors. We changed everything. All right. But I mean, what impression would it make if it's just there? Okay, you flew here from Los Angeles, and then this is what we have for you, one camera, one little camera. So we had this huge camera team and cinematic cameras and lighting and everything. But looking at the final product, it wouldn't have been necessary i guess at all because everything was changed later and yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's, it's it was a, a lot of work it's a bit difficult when you approach a video shoot like that because normally when you extend uh, stuff digitally you already have in mind what you're gonna do with the set yeah. like if you put him here in the middle in the chair for example you know that okay i'm gonna put a new ceiling on that so we need that kind of lighting so that it looks realistic you can just slap things on there in photoshop and in after effects and expect yeah it. I mean, I went to NYU film school, but I went a while ago and we still wow. cut film on Steenbeck's. Wow. You know, and I, and I, and I did, I did video editing in high school. So like when I've been doing this podcast and cutting, you know, editing everything on audacity, it's been very easy because I think visually it's just like editing a movie. It's just, it's all audio. 
information. It's not that hard. Um, I find it fun. It's gonna be tiring sometimes, but do you find with all the technology that you have for graphic design, for video editing, for lighting and effects, do you find that because you have so many choices, it can be distracting and take you longer to do things because yes. of all the possible <laughs> options? Yes, big, big, yes. <laughs> that's absolutely. And that's, that's the hardest thing to choose because it's very easy if you're, if you're limited it's like, okay, you just can go in this direction because everything else is not possible. So you just go there. But like, especially with products, uh, with projects where you just have, where you can do everything, it's, that's the hardest thing because, okay, what are we going to do? So that was the hard thing with this uh, video mm. to even find a direction, I guess. So, <laughs> so I absolutely agree on this one. Yeah. <laughs> Limit, limitations are very helpful sometimes. <laughs> they are. It's the same thing. It burns is the same thing with graphic design. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that, actually. Um, I guess it depends on the project that you're working on. But when you're doing it for such a long time, you kind of have all of these different workflows where you maybe predict the outcome a bit already, or you worked with a lot of people that all kind of want the same stuff. So when yeah. I worked... Uh, yeah, <laughs> was especially many... with metal. Yeah, especially. For graphic design and video editing, have you had corporate clients that you've dealt with? Yeah, Um I stopped doing that a couple of years ago, but when I was still studying guitar at the conservatory, I basically, I think I made uh, 600 euros a month with that kind of stuff and with some call center jobs. And my apartment was also 300 euros and the, the fees for the tuition was also 300 euros. So it was always struggling. Breaking even. Yeah, breaking even. And <laughs> that's when I started to go from, okay, maybe I shouldn't only work with bands. Maybe I should also accept the boring jobs that pay well, like yeah. designing logos for for ice cream shops, for um, yeah. what was the biggest the biggest thing was kind of that could be fun though ice cream uh, shops. Yeah, that Bernd, Bernd never took me to this shop. I always were like, bring me because he was offering me free free ice cream, but Bernd wasn't into it. No, no. <laughs> it's, no, it's terrible because <laughs> with the with the with the band stuff maybe. They don't really pay that well, even the bigger bands. Um, yeah. But it's creative work, and I like the visual appeal of metal artworks and all of that stuff. But when you kind of sit down with your tablet and you look at graphics of ice cream cones, you wonder what you're doing with your life. <laughs> at least well, I did. Did it make you hungry for more um, ice cream? No, I can't. I, I don't want to see any ice cream anymore. <laughs> you know, I was, I'm, I was I'm in done. Cuba a couple of years back <laughs> on a junket. I had so many mojitos. I'm never, I don't need to drink mojitos for like another <laughs> 10 years. So I get it. So was it, were there, what was the weirdest corporate client that you took on or type of job you took on in graphic design? I think the, the absolute weirdest jobs are uh, companies with huge budgets that need extremely small tasks like vectorizing a logo. The, the weird part about that is that they that they contact you and yeah we heard that you, you that you're doing a great job with uh, graphic design and all of that stuff we want you to vectorize that logo for I don't know 400 euros or something like that all and right. it's just one click <laughs> man I software. need to take that job I got to do yeah, that yeah you, you get the job I guess once a year if you're a graphic designer. <laughs> that was the weirdest experience for me to make these hand painted artworks for festivals and bands getting like 50 euros or something like that. And then you have <laughs> that one corporate client, I need to vectorize this logo. I offer you 400 euros for that. But mm -hmm. it was, all, I remember they were also like, but it needs to be really quick. We need it in two weeks. <laughs> 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 Click. It's really That's weird. it. Two minutes. Yeah. 
Martin, as far as corporate clients for you, like what other stuff you've done a lot. I mean, you've done actually worked. I mean, you work in metal. I mean, I saw that you did some work for creator. Yes. Uh, luckily, I would say, luckily, I never really had any corporate clients, which is, I I would almost enjoy to have some because huh. like rock and roll touring sounds great if you're in corporate, corporate <laughs> productions but if you're always on the road like i used to be back in not not anymore but years ago yeah you would love to just sit somewhere at a conference and do three hours of lighting and then go home because <laughs> touring can be really hard burnt knows that i know that yeah and we've done we've both done a lot of, a lot of it <laughs> yeah i mean you can make a lot of money in corporate lighting corporate events i mean i i remember in, in, in even if it's something like entertainment i remember going to like and they would have these things called upfronts you know every year the networks cable and and standard networks will have like these big presentations. Like I think I went to one for ABC and Radio City Music Hall years ago, but they're not, you know, yes, they're showing clips from their shows, but they also have to have a, just a general presentation for their executives and everything okay. else. I mean, it's gotta be fairly standard. It looks like it's a lot of work. And then sometimes they'll have music. I mean, I went to a TNT up front about 15 years ago and Lenny Kravitz ended up being the musical guest. I had no idea. Awesome. Nice. You know, and then he also, <laughs> nice. I interviewed the lighting designer because she had to design the hallway because they had to have lighting for this meet and greet that they had before the performance. So you're all the executives and the ad people and everyone are coming in and they're mingling and talking about business. So you had to actually design a hallway and different things. I mean, I've been to sci-fi channel events. They had one, I think at the museum of natural history. You know, and DJ Spooky well, was doing a DJ set. So it had to mix the art with, you know, with business. You had to make it kind of a mixture to appeal to both. I think that's the hardest thing because with the Austrian production that uh, Baron is playing guitar for, they had some um, corporate, let's call it a corporate job. It was this, write a song for a big company. And that's, I guess, the biggest stretch you have to do as a musician because you want to do your art, but then you have these... Uh, this, the corporation that pays for it. And of course, do you have like at least five people that have to say something to make sure they have a reason to be there? And that's the hardest thing, I guess, making yeah. this bridge between art and business. So I was always very happy to not have to do that. I just like the, the customers I have, they trusted my work, like my light designs. And usually they were like, oh, that looks awesome. What you're doing, just go ahead. So I was very lucky to to have a job like that where they just let me do my thing. <laughs> well, video also, you have to design a lot of things. I mean, you can take raw footage that you took somewhere. You have to, uh, I mean, you can incorporate graphic design into that. You can incorporate a lot of different things. I mean, what's what's been the most challenging lighting and video show that you had to do? Hmm. I wouldn't say this was one show. It was more one customer. I work for, I still work for Machine Head. The yeah. band. I work for them since 2011. And usually that was the only customer, Rob Flynn, the frontman, who is like super specific about his lighting wishes and needs. The first tour I did with him in 2011, he let me film every show and he watched it from the beginning till the end every day and was giving me notes like, I don't like wow. this. I want this. I don't like this. And it was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and I learned so much from this band because before that I was doing my thing and it was fine. And everyone was like, yeah, awesome. Do your thing. But since I worked with Machine Head, it was like, no, I don't like this. I want this. And he was always right. They're like, yeah, you're totally right. I was just, I just, I just didn't see it at the moment, but yeah, of course that makes totally sense. So that, that raised me on a totally different level 10 years ago, but it was also really challenging because you had to be so focused and so on time all the, all the time. And yeah. yeah. Uh, Burnt, have you and Martin worked on anything together? 
I think for the last Machine at Europe tour, was in 2018. I think it was I did, 18, yeah, 18. Yeah, that's the only thing where I also did something for for his company um, with the stage design for Machine Head. It was basically just a huge blood splattered wall. <laughs> they <laughs> went for white instead of black to right. make it a bit different. And it was really fun to design these huge panels with hand-painted blood. I painted it on my tablet, right. those blood patterns. And it looked really cool. But after one week of, of doing that, only painting blood and the, I don't know how big the, the biggest backdrop was. Huge. Martin, you remember? Uh, how much was that in feet? I think it was, I don't know, eight meters. How much is that? 25 feet or something. Wow. Well, actually, right now, I, I just remember the most challenging production on lighting. And that was our first Q-Stack video shoot. <laughs> because mm. at that point, we had five singles. And I was like, okay, five singles. We need to do five music videos in five days. And, wow. And the problem with this production was usually there is the the customer, which is an artist in the band. And he, of course, wants the biggest set in the world. And I'm there as the provider who looks at the budget, who tells him, well, I get it, but this is what you get. <laughs> at this point, the problem was I was the artist, of course, with Bernd, but I also was the provider. So there was no limit. We had our venue. Yeah. I had all my lighting in my warehouse. So, of course, I was like, yeah, everything. <laughs> and that was that was insane. When you look at the first music video on our YouTube channel, it's just nobody really could believe what they're seeing. They're like, is this Rammstein? I don't understand what I'm looking at. But it was, we were setting up this whole set for two weeks. And of course, five days for five music videos were way not enough. So we were almost 24-7 recording. Yeah. And everybody just hated everyone after these five days. And we learned a lot. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it really... The, the result was truly impressive, but we will never do it again this way, of course. I learned a lot about myself in these five days. <laughs> I don't know, Bernd, what do you, what do you remember about the, the first video shoot? I don't remember too much. I, the, the thing that's, that's uh, I guess, funny for me about all of that stuff, when people see all of the lights and all of the equipment online, also with my videos for the channel that I do with Martin right now, they all assume that it's green screen and that those are effects. <laughs> So you kind of wonder why did you set everything up for two weeks? Everybody thinks that it's a small green screen and it's all yeah. <laughs> Even though it's an actual practical set. Yeah. Yes. So do you guys have any other interest? I know since with, when you're dealing with technology like you do, you get immersed in that. Is there anything you guys do outside of that to relax or anything you want to do more that you don't get a chance to do? Uh, well, I mean, I have, um, I have a one year and three, mo three months old son. Oh, wow. And I'm really happy that the, the Corona crisis is coming right now because I had a lot of time off the last year with my son. Like you, basically life is telling you what you what to do now. It's not like, oh, what do I do today? It's like, oh, this is what I have to do today. That's the same yeah. thing like yesterday. And it's it's great, but it's really hard. It gives life a lot of value and tears <laughs> so it's crazy well i'm hoping people are going to learn to appreciate things more i mean it's been, it's been very tragic and at the same time 
this should be a, a reset button for the human race to think things through differently. And I don't think that there's some people that just aren't getting it. No, nope. It's like things are not going to go back to the way they were. But you know what? This is forcing us to rethink our lives. And I think I've, yeah, I know, Bernd, have you any re revelations yourself about your life through all of yeah, this? Actually, yes, uh, absolutely. Because for me, it's always about um, making music. That's what I want to do with my life. And of course, all the tours, all the shows, everything was canceled this year. I'm not the first guy to say that um, yeah. it affected pretty much everyone. And what I realized for all of that is that I mostly worked as a hired gun over the last 10 years for, you know, the thing with the Austrian band. And also I started in extreme metal. I played for Belfigur. I don't know if you know them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard of them. Yeah, yeah. That was my first kind of professional gig when I was younger. And it was great to tour and to play all these festivals and do all these tours, but I never had something that had my name on it where I could say, this is me. I'm in, in charge of the decisions of everything. And this is kind of my baby, my project. And I was forced to do that for the first time this year um, with YouTube, with the channel and with my own music that's coming out next year. So for me, it was what uh, I think the baby situation for Martin. That's what happened to me with this is your baby yeah. with my with my yeah with my career. Actually, not doing um, not fulfilling somebody uh, else's wish. With I want you to play in this project, you get X amount of money, and here is the here are the tour dates, and you're gonna do that, and then you're gonna do that. Yeah, yeah. So, just having to do something of your own, and I've been really enjoying that. So that's my takeaway, I guess. Yeah, no, it's 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 interesting. Like, I want to do more creative writing. I've had a lot of projects I really need to get yeah. done. It's like, I'm, I'm decided I'm going to take a couple months and slow down. I mean, I need to make money, obviously. But by the same token, you get to a point where you get into a grind. And as you get older, you want to start, you, you want to focus on some things that also make you happy. Absolutely. Um, you know, I don't know what life in Austria is like in America. It just seems like people work too much. Hmm. It just feels like we work way too much. And I don't think, I I... I've always felt like Europeans have a little bit of that. You know, you go to longer dinners and people maybe are, <laughs> I don't know, is it like that in Austria or is it? Well, not right now because Austria and Germany is under a lockdown and all, yeah. the, all the restaurants are closed and all that. But usually, yeah, I, I get the point. We also have longer uh, paid uh, vacations. If you have a job, like a regular job, you have four exactly. weeks off. I think in the States, it's just two weeks. Yeah. Or you get you get more the longer you're at a company, mm -hmm. but you have to earn those weeks. Because I remember uh, Guts Kuhneman from Rock Hard when he was the editor there. I, I oh, met okay. him at a okay. few junkets and uh, I think it's the proper pronunciation of his last name. And Oh, it was pretty good. Yeah, he took I, I contacted him for a story I was writing for Billboard. Like, well, he's, he's taking the month off. So <laughs> I was like, wow, wow. <laughs> you can do that. <laughs> you can just be an editor and leave for a month oh yeah so so you mean you quit your job no i'm taking him i know off. well here that's what it is like really are you taking some time off no i'm going on vacation man <laughs> uh, funny that you said you mentioned uh you asked if you pronounced the second name right because there was a story with david about bernd's name because bernd's second name is brotträger which is very hard to pronounce in english in my opinion so i was like i can't have david say this all the time because David and uh, Bernd had to talk to each other a lot in the studio about the song and lyrics. Yeah. So I told David, call him Mr. B. So he did That's that. That's what he said. Yes. <laughs> and then <laughs> at some point he was like, what's this Mr. B bullshit? I was like, no, he, what's his name? And then we, we gave him a, a, a little piece of paper. We wrote it down and he just, he just said it and it was perfect. <laughs> 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 <Wow>. <laughs> 
We're editing um, a little making off video and it's actually in the video. So that's, that's a fu really funny part of, of our making off that's coming. <laughs> right on. Cool. So what else should we know about you guys? Well, when I met Bernd, he was always in the backstage sitting all day and drawing pictures every day, every single day. Everybody was really? partying and drinking and Bernd was the only guy who was just drawing pictures because Bernd wanted to be a, wanted to do tattoos actually. Really? And he's awesome. He was really awesome. But then you just realized when you were finished with your tattoo journey, oh, I actually don't have time for that, right? Am I telling it right? Yeah, um, you really have to commit to that stuff. That's the difficult thing. That's also one of my biggest mistakes is going into 100 directions at the same time and not really doing anything correctly. So that was the main thing with that. You have ink on your arm there. You have black and gray pattern. Yeah, yes. So you're obviously interested in tattoos. Do you think that it, I mean, I guess if you wanted to do that, you do what you're saying is you have to commit full time to doing something yes, like that. Absolutely. Because there are more than enough mediocre and really bad tattoo artists on the world. <laughs> The world doesn't need one more. So <laughs> I've seen how dedicated the artists that I worked with and that I studied from are. And they basically did just draw all day. They tattoo, they go home and draw a bit more, fall asleep on the desk, wake up and draw and tattoo. And it's not just about printing out pictures on the internet and tracing them and yeah. doing that kind of thing. So I, I don't think that's the right direction to go in. But I gave all of my equipment to my girlfriend and she's now a full-time tattoo artist. So <laughs> Really? I think it's good, yeah. Well, that so, worked out. It's a good yes, recycling of uh, gear. Yes. <laughs> Has she done any tattoos on you yet? Uh, yes. She did her first tattoo on me a couple of years ago. Really? Um, hurt a lot because in the beginning, you kind of have to figure out how deep you can actually penetrate the skin. And you can't... <laughs> do the experiment. Yes, I was the experiment and you can't practice on uh, the kind of plastic skin or pig skin um, all the time. You need to do your first tattoo at some point and it's not going to be perfect. But I'm really proud of that one because that's probably the most special tattoo, like getting the first, the very first tattoo of a tattoo artist is pretty cool. So what was the design? It was from a video game, actually, because I'm also a nerd. It was from the video game Eternal Darkness, with the okay. most awesome name ever. <laughs> Is it is a character from that or is it a scene? It's a monster. It's actually, it's called uh, a trapper and it's portaling uh, people into other dimensions. It's a very Lovecraftian uh, game. Oh, right on. Well, thank you guys. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for, my, for having us. <laughs> Keep me posted what's happening with QStack in the future. I will. And I, I send you a, a, a box set if you want to. That'd be great. Thanks. I'd like to check it out. Stay out of trouble. Stay healthy. <laughs> stay safe. You and hopefully too. we'll get, get to go too. on the road again next year. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you so much. Thanks, Hope Brian. I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. That wraps up this latest episode of Side Jams. Please join me for the next installment, which will feature Dimu Borgir guitarist Selenos. The tunes used in this episode are from Fox and the Law, and I licensed them through AudioSocket. Thank you very much for listening. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 